You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Cracking the code on how you can optimize, personalize, and monetize your app marketing and mobile growth efforts. Welcome to Mobile Presence, hosted by Peggy Ann Saltz. Peggy, a top 30 mobile marketing influencer, nine-time author, and content strategist, brings you her pick of tech, trends, guests, and cool stuff to help you drive growth and create deep connections with your customers. Now, prepare to get motivated and activated with our host. Hey, hello, and welcome to Mobile Presence. I'm your host, Peggy Ansaltz from Mobile Groove, where I plan, produce, and promote content that allows my clients to reach performance goals and scale growth. Growth is, of course, what it's all about here, but if you've been looking at the data, as I have the entire year, you'll see that we're talking about a different type of growth. We're not talking about growth in app downloads, necessarily, because a lot of the data says that that has actually plateaued and that that is slowing. So where's the growth going to come from? It's going to come from, thankfully, the other data I'm reading that says we're spending more time in-app. In fact, in-app time is soaring, rising into the stratosphere. So if you sort of put those two data points together, it says, well, maybe not as many app downloads, but a lot of app time. So that tells us it's time to engage. So we're going to switch gears here, and we're going to talk about app engagement. And that's why I have invited an excellent guest for this purpose, Miles Klieger. He's president and chief customer officer at Braze. And we're going to talk about how you can grow through offering, basically, a great app experience. So, Miles, welcome to Mobile Presence. Hi, Peggy. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. So you see what I've been doing, Miles. I'm a little bit of a data geek. I've been looking at the data. It's telling me that like engagement is it. I'm sure that you at a customer engagement platform um, would say the same thing, but uh, tell me a little bit about how you make that possible at Brace. Yeah, no, totally. We uh, are, are very much in agreement with, with your point of view there. And obviously uh, when, you, when you think about cost per install and acquisition continuing to, to increase the, the importance of engaging and retaining and monetizing those you've already acquired, acquired, excuse me, uh, becomes that much more important. Uh, so yeah, so we are, as you said, I'm the, the president and chief customer officer here at Braze. We are a New York based company uh, focused on, on consumer engagement for a variety of companies ranging from app only, uh, or mobile first businesses all the way to traditional enterprises and what they all share in common is 
a desire and a need to engage uh, their consumers and customers after they initially acquire them, uh, whether it's through an app install or registration in an email program after a visit to a website, whatever it may be. Uh, so we help them through first party messaging, through their first party channels, whether it be push notifications and product experiences, email, a variety of other platforms to drive engagement uh, retention, as you said. And of course, you seem to, I mean, not you don't seem to, but you definitely are taking it seriously. Your title, for example, says a lot, Miles, Chief Customer Officer at Braze. That would also underline this importance. Is that a a shift in your title or is that always been that way? No, that's a great question. Yes, yeah, so we, uh, I'd like to say we were a little bit ahead of the curve with this, but uh, a year ago uh, is actually when I adopted this this title. Uh, I was originally chief revenue officer here and uh, because we're so focused on customers and engagement, we, we thought it made a lot of sense uh, to, to kind of shift my role uh, or my title, I should say. Uh, to be chief customer officer, which really has two meanings. It's obviously our customers, which are businesses, and helping them build better relationships with their customers, which are end users in whatever industry that they work in. Uh, but what's what's been kind of cool for me uh, personally, as I travel the world, which I do quite a bit of, is we're starting to see that title appear at consumer-facing organizations for the first time, which is pretty interesting because you always had obviously CMOs. And then chief growth officer started to show up in a few places. But now a lot of consumer brands, particularly in a world where direct-to-consumer marketing is becoming more and more important as everyone's trying to uh, figure out how to handle the Amazon threat, among other things, uh, the, the notion of chief customer officer has, has started to come to the forefront. And I think what it symbolizes is a focus on customer centricity. Uh, Interacting with customers, messaging customers is, is no longer just the domain of the marketing organization or the merchandising organization or whatever it may be. Uh, so a chief customer officer is thinking about that more holistically and connecting the dots across the company, which uh, means you need to have a very customer-centric perspective on everything you do and how you operate from a, from a technology perspective, a data perspective, as well as uh, you know, what we call a team's perspective. So the different people within your company that are thinking about building customer relationships. I mean, we're totally totally in alignment there because I'm also getting quite a number of uh, uh, those requests, you know, for trends for 2019. What do you think it is? So I'm writing, you know, exactly what I've always been writing that, you know, we're looking at quality, not quantity. And if we ever did look at quantity, that was, you know, that was short term. And I think the industry understands that, not just app companies, but but all companies and brands, which brings me to um, a report that you have over at Braze that you have um, commissioned from Forrester, which looks at this, you know, the whole idea of brands needing to anchor their communications and marketing strategies in, in something larger, in an effort to be real, to be genuine. Um, great report. We're going to dive into it, as I said, but uh, let's talk about, you know, the motivation uh, to team up with Forrester Consulting to provide us this report in the first place. What was the idea there at Braze? Yeah. I'm really, I'm glad you enjoyed the report first and foremost. So, so thank you for that. And it's, uh, it's actually been really gratifying and, and rewarding for us here at Braze over the past few months as we were able to roll this out. Uh, we call it the Brand Humanity Index, which we officially mm-hmm. unveiled at our global customer event, uh, LTR, which stands for Long-Term Relationships, which 
we ran back in uh, the first few days of October here in New York City. And BHI, the Brand Humanity Index, was actually a big uh, component of our customer event because in a lot of ways, it it represented almost a, a culmination or a validation of a lot of the things that we've been thinking about and focused on here at Braze for years. And that's really uh, humanizing, what we call humanizing the connections uh, between brands and their customers. And it's, uh, it's actually been pretty, like I said, validating and, and rewarding because when you think about what Braze is and does, uh, actually our purpose as a business for, for several years now has been humanizing connections between brands and their customers at scale. And obviously we approach that from a communications perspective. So this idea that all of your digital interactions and communications should feel more like conversations between two people as opposed to uh, you know, just automated one-way messages where it's a brand trying to you know, tell you something or sell you something in, in many cases. Uh, so we've, we've really built our whole premise, our purpose, our technology, our teams, the way we operate around this idea that if we can help brands feel more human in the messages that they're sending to consumers, they're going to be more successful. And that's uh, very much what we've been focused on. And we, over the past several years, and, and just to kind of add a little more color to that, when I say feel more human in the messages, it's, it's the kind of things like, you know, being contextual, being relevant, being value add, being personal, being thoughtful and considerate when you send messages, not interrupting someone in the middle of their dinner with a say 10% on a product that you have no interest in buying today or tomorrow or ever potentially just because the brand thought it was a good idea to send you that message at that time. So we've very much been focused on helping brands uh, be all of those things I just said, all of those adjectives I just said uh, in, in the way that they um, create and deliver their messages, even though those messages ultimately are not being delivered by humans, they're being delivered by machines through automation, but they feel more human. And for several years now across, you know, we have hundreds of clients globally, we run tens of thousands of campaigns, we have uh, north of 1.5 billion monthly active users on our platform across our customer base. So we, we see a lot. And what we were seeing very clearly was that when our clients were sending these campaigns that, that felt more human, they were getting better engagement, they were getting better conversion. So that was a clear indication to us that this was working. Uh, what we didn't have uh, really, you know, all this time was a quantitative, uh, you know, validation of this idea from the consumer's perspective. We saw the data from the brand's perspective in terms of engagement rates and conversion and things like that, like I said, but we had never actually asked consumers, what is it, what do they think about uh, the types of messages they receive from brands? Do they feel human? Do they not feel human? If they do feel human, what does that mean to you? Are you more likely to do business with those brands? And so that's really what the purpose of the study was, was we, we went to Forrester who uh, you know, is best in the business at this and said, hey, we want you to go talk to consumers and really answer two core questions for us. One, uh, is this kind of hypothesis we've had for all this time correct, that brands that are more human are gonna drive more loyalty and drive more um, you know, business uh, value through the communications they're sending, yes or no, what do consumers think? And then the second piece, very importantly, more, more qualitatively, what types of qualities and attributes actually matter to people in terms of making a brand feel human. So it's one thing for me to say a brand should feel human. It's another thing for me to understand exactly what that means, which then gave us a basis to now advise our clients uh, from a quantitative 
perspective on here are the types of things you could be doing to make your messages be more human, feel more human. That's a, a, a great uh, point there. I mean, we're going to get to that in the second part of the show. But before we, we do, you know, one of the things that stood out for me, brands perceived as human enjoy a 20% percent, uh, point advantage in how likely consumers are to recommend them, 19 percentage point boost in likelihood to be loved, 17% percentage point in likelihood to purchase. And um, that, I think, speaks volumes just in a in a nutshell here just a quick comment on this miles i mean did you find this surprising or was this just yeah. more or less what you thought and now you've got the numbers for it i think it was the it, it was a little bit of both i mean i think the uh the the scale of it was maybe a little bit surprising or the magnitude of it to some extent i think it it we we always suspected it to be true and i think this this largely proved our hypothesis and validated it but the level at which we were right is is really pretty profound and uh you know what i what i didn't actually mention up, up front when i was describing just the methodology is that Farster went out and they spoke to over three thousand consumers and i think it was eight different countries around the world uh so this was a this was a, a very broad analysis and they found some really interesting things in terms of you know the way uh people are, are perceiving humanity in different different regions across different industries things like that but but collectively like you said uh, the, the the business value and kind of like we, we've been talking about it as what's the business case for being human. It's it's very strong. And this idea of you, you cited the percentage point increases, which which are dead on. But uh, beyond the percentage point increases, you can look at it another way, which is that people said, uh, by and large, that they're 2.1 times as likely to love a brand if they perceive that brand's communications to be human. They're 1.9 times as likely to feel satisfied with the brand they're 1.6 times as likely to purchase from the brand and they're 1.8 times as likely to recommend the brand. So that's, yeah. that's really in, important, you know, important and impactful stuff. And, and if you think about it, like at the core, especially around that 1.6 times as likely to purchase, 1.8 times as likely to recommend, you can actually fill the top of the funnel uh, and drive advocacy and drive growth simply by being more human in your communications to your core customers. And that's in and of itself a very powerful insight. And that's a great segue, Miles, because that's exactly what I want to be talking about is, of course, you know, there is no one single solution. It's going to depend on your 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 business vertical, your app category, your, your business objectives, a lot of things. But we can still tease out, I think, a few, well, points of best practice at the very least or some actionable advice on how brands can be human in how they communicate. And that, listeners, is what we're going to do. So don't go away. We'll be right back after the break. Mobile Presence will be back after we connect you to our sponsors. Celebrating the best in online advertising, the Web Marketing Association presents the 2018 Internet Advertising Competition Awards. Submit your banner ads, email ads, rich media, online newsletters, websites, and social media campaigns now by going to www.iacaward.org. Deadline for entries is January 31st, 2019. All winners will have their entry highlighted on the Internet Advertising Competition website, as well as receive a handsome trophy to display or a personalized certificate of achievement. Be honored among your online advertising peers by submitting your entry into the Web Marketing Association's 2018 Internet Advertising Competition Awards. Go to www.iacaward.org now. You are 
are now tuned in to the world's largest online radio podcast network for internet marketers looking to dominate the B2B marketplace. WebmasterRadio.fm WebmasterRadio.fm is home to some of the most respected authorities in all aspects of internet marketing, from SEO to affiliate marketing to social media, e-commerce, mobile marketing, and so much more. Our hosts travel to all stretches of the world and speak to the impact players that are affecting our industry on air, on demand, and available on every mobile device that you can imagine. This is WebmasterRadio.fm. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Supercharging your mobile growth efforts. Welcome back to Mobile Presence on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here is your host, Peggy Ann Saltz. Welcome back to Mobile Presence. I'm your host, Peggy Ann Saltz, with Mobile Groove. And my guest today, Miles Klieger. He is president and chief customer officer of Braze. And, Miles, right before the break, we're talking about this report that is you know, the first of its kind to talk about how and why you know, hu- brands have to be more human. It's actually giving us numbers to say, hey, it pays to be real. It pays to be genuine. So with that in mind and your experience at Braze, what would you say or could you call out as a couple of high-level pieces of advice? I mean, we need to communicate. Brands need to communicate in ways that are real and genuine. What does that actually mean? Yeah, no, totally. Uh, that's that's ex- exactly some of the some, some of the purpose here of, of why we did this research as well in the sense of not only were we trying to figure out which uh, you know, qualities and attributes are most important, we also wanted to assign uh, relative value to them so that brands can start to think about where to you know, spend their time and energy and how to uh, emphasize these different human characteristics in their communications because they're not all created equally. So when you read the report, you actually see that come through in the, in the weighting, uh, which is powerful. And we're actually now working on a, uh, call it like a diagnostic tool where we're going to allow brands to start to assess themselves in terms of the types of communications they're scan- they're sending and how uh, how human they are actually um, you know being in those communications and then we're also going to have uh, a version of it where we're kind of doing the diagnosis for you and helping you um, find those opportunities to to improve or emphasize certain things or de-emphasize others so that's just something to kind of look out for going forward but to answer your question. Uh, what, the, what the research really showed is that things kind of boiled down to a, a couple of core areas. Uh, there's certainly, uh, you know, as, as you know, in all, in all marketing, there's the emotional and there's the functional. And that's, you know, from, from the beginning of time, that's always been the case. I think one of the interesting things to me was, was seeing through the research uh, that historically, I think people put more weight on the functional the actual, you know, what does that product do? 
uh, how closely does it meet my needs, the you know seven out of ten seven out of ten dentists recommend kind of thing, that type of mm-hmm. functional proof point validation. But over time, uh, people have have actually, I, I think become more likely to make those types of functional decisions on their own as opposed to having brands tell them uh, what what they should think about something. It's either they're trying it on their own or they're getting recommendations from friends or through social channels or things like that. So over time, the functional has actually become a little bit less important on a relative basis to the emotional. And, and that really actually feeds into this humanity research in terms of the way that the data broke down. But what, what it told us collectively was that there's basically four levers of humanity. There's one emotional lever, which carries a tremendous amount of weight, and then there's three functional ones that matter. So mm-hmm. the three functional ones that matter are, and you've, you've touched on some of these uh, themes at a high level, are being natural. So this idea of um, having, you know, ha- having a tone that actually matches who you are as a brand, um, being authentic and being very clear and natural, like if speaking like a regular person, basically. So not using language that that you know the brand wouldn't ordinarily use, things like that, or having a tone that's that's materially different from from the tone of how the brand normally operates, whether it's through human interactions or through advertising or things like that. So so natural was was critical. Uh, being considerate was also critical. So this and this makes a lot of sense in the context of communications. Uh, when, when we say consider it here, it means, you know, send me messages at convenient times. So, uh, you know, I, all the, t- all the time I, I kind of, I, I laugh personally. And then I have, I'm, I'm kind of famous around here for when I get messages from brands that are bad or don't meet the, the bar of quality of what I think is needed to be successful these days. I oftentimes, um, send those messages to really senior executives at the companies and try to point out to them, uh, maybe some of the things that they should be thinking about and doing differently. But one of the things that that always drives me crazy is is getting a message at you know four in the morning or something like that when I'm clearly not looking for it, wanting it, or or planning to take action on it. So you know, so the the research mm-hmm. bared that out. Like, send me a message at, at not just a convenient time, but one that actually matters for for me when I might want to take action on it, not you as the business. And then of course, like use my preferred contact channel. So if I tell you that I don't want to receive push notifications from you, then certainly don't send sell me or send me push notifications and vice versa. Uh, so a lot of times brands just forget that and they do what's easy or convenient for them, not necessarily what their customers either directly or indirectly told them that they want. And then the third part is is the personal lever. So that's where that's where data comes in. So that's when you send me recommendations that that actually are relevant, that that matter, that are based on my history, and again, whether it's things I've either told you or or you've observed uh, about me through my interactions with you. But that's mm-hmm. a huge pet peeve for people is to receive these very impersonal uh, notifications and messages. But when you get it right, people you know love it, and you know I have countless examples of that, and I can go into them in a, in a second. Um, so that's so that's what's happening on the functional side and on the emotional mm-hmm. side. What really came through uh, clearly in the research that was pretty interesting to me and, and I know to others was that um, the the attributes that mattered most were being thoughtful, friendly, helpful. Uh, what ranked really low on the list was being like fun and quirky, which was actually a really interesting insight because I think a lot of times brands, um, in an effort to break through or be different or get attention. Uh, they try to do stuff that's quirky or outrageous. And the reality is that if, if, uh, if that doesn't match your brand and it doesn't fit your personality, 
uh, and it's not appropriate or expected from consumers for you, then it, it, it might actually completely backfire. And that came through in this research pretty clearly too. Uh, and especially when it, when it relates to things like notifications, again, if you're interrupting me and you're sending me a message, uh, it should be good, it should be valuable, it should be helpful. Now there's some brands who their core ethos is about quirkiness and craziness and, and that's what people expect from them and they should go ahead and do that. But it, it's kind of remembering who you are before you just start sending messages that, that may not match uh, you know, your, your strategy and, and how people expect to hear from you. Well, we're talking about things that annoy us. I mean, yours might be the, the wrong time and the wrong timing, which is a big one. I don't know how far we are away from solving what bothers me so i'll just throw it out there okay miles and you tell me because i'm 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 realistic i know that this is going to require a lot of you know back-end big data stuff but what i'm finding increasingly annoying is i'm out there and you can see me from all aspects web mobile whatever you know in store out of store out of home and if i'm looking for something and then i eventually buy it online then why do I keep on seeing, you know, messages about go back and buy it? Because I did do it, but not through that one channel. And if they would have been watching me, they would have seen that. I mean, totally. just curious, me. just curious, Miles, because I think this is going to be a big one. You know, this being haunted by what you just recently did, even though you already did it. Totally agree. And I, that's actually a pet peeve of mine as well, because not only is it annoying as a consumer, uh, it's also just a waste of money <laughs> for the yeah. brand perspective. They're literally trying to sell you something you already uh, you already bought when instead they should be trying to complement uh, that, that interaction. Or sometimes like it's even kind of amusing when you when you maybe you're doing some research about something and you, you check out a product or a website and then all of a sudden that's just following you around the web uh, yeah. when, when you have absolutely no interest in it whatsoever. But yeah, you, you, you've definitely hit a, a very strong use case on the head and it is solvable and it's solvable today. There's definitely challenges with it because you need uh, you need to have your systems talking to one another. Certainly, your first-party channels and your first-party interaction data needs to be connected into what you're doing in the paid ecosystem in order to make sure that there's no uh, breakdowns there. So that's not a difficult problem to solve as much as it's it's one that a lot of companies haven't focused on solving historically because they've I think decided that it's more trouble than it's worth a lot of times and they're they're sort of happy to have a lot of those wasted impressions because some percentage of them are going to convert and they just feel like uh, it, it, it'd be more trouble than it's worth to actually fix the issue by connecting their systems and getting uh, you know, an identity management layer going, for example. And, and this became more complicated, of course, with GDPR and some other things like that, which we can touch on. But uh, you know, my personal point of view on that, and I think your, your comments and your frustration with that experience actually sum it up perfectly, is that it's not good enough um, you, you can't just use that old perspective of like spray and pray. And even if even if you're reaching a lot of people ineffectively, you're going to reach enough effectively that it's going to make sense. Because the reality is that poor marketing now and poor messaging actually destroys brand equity. And people, uh, people are, because there's so many great companies out there that are doing it the right way, I think consumer expectations have absolutely changed over the past several years. And now when you do something wrong or bad, it's like not, not only are they going to ignore it, they might actually feel worse about your brand and say, this brand has no idea who I am. I don't really want to do business with that brand anymore. I know I personally have that experience all the time and I see it and I hear it and you can see it on social media. Um, so that's something that I think savvy companies understand and they get in front of and they realize that it actually is worth the time and energy and effort to, to like prevent those types of bad experiences from happening. 
And of course, to that point, I mean, your research tells uh, brands and marketers, you know, being human isn't just like a warm, fuzzy, cool thing to do. It won't get you some, some, you know, some brownie points in social media, but it's actually essential because it's going to have an impact, good or bad, on the bottom line. Exactly right. And it just has to be, when you think about, like, it's not something you do in a campaign. It's, it's actually inherent to how you think about your customer relationships and interactions. Uh, and, and you need to, as a business, you need to make sure that you have the right data in order to do the types of things we've been talking about. Like you can't do personalization and, and deliver relevance without, without the data and the ability to act on the data. So you need the right technology to be able to actually unleash uh, all the insights that you're collecting. And then of course you need the right teams or people or expertise to be able to um, you know, create and automate and optimize these types of messages. So those are like the three thematic things that we think, again, the more progressive businesses are focused on figuring out how to deliver. And you know, one thing um, that's kind of also, I guess, top of mind for me is that I, uh, I was recently, I guess it was about two weeks ago now, uh, maybe three weeks ago, I was at the, the Forbes CMO Summit, which is a, which is a great event. Um, it was out in California. They actually ran a, another version of it in London just last week. And what was really interesting to me is that you know, brand humanity is at, the, is at the forefront of pretty much everyone in marketing right now. They're trying to figure out how to be more human. But what kind of struck me as interesting is that a lot of the CMOs at the event who I think historically have come from more traditional enterprise organizations, big brands, uh, you know, big advertisers, some of the biggest advertisers in the world. And they're thinking about, or I guess like what's top of mind for them in a lot of cases, I don't want to generalize too much, but when they're thinking about humanity, it's, it's about telling human stories at scale, which I think you absolutely want to do in order to be able to relate to your customers is, is tell human stories. But the thing that occurred to me when I was there is that, you know, that's really just the beginning. Like you need to tell human stories at scale, but then you need to build direct one-to-one relationships with those humans, with your customers, uh, well beyond those, those initial kind of advertising or broadcast type messages. So it's not, it's actually, a, it, you have to do both. And I think a lot of companies are still focused on that top of the funnel piece and less focused on how do I be human uh, later once I'm already kind of connected or, or that person is a customer of mine because that, and that's where you start to see all of those metrics we were talking about earlier where there's a major business impact if you can figure out how to do it right, but it's a little bit harder because <laughs> it's because uh, you have to do it one-to-one at scale. I mean, granted, it's harder, but there are some examples out there. There are some signs that, you know, marketers are getting it. We do have to go to break right now, Miles, but I hope that you will come back with maybe some examples to share so listeners don't go away. We'll be right back after the break. Mobile Presence will be back after we connect you to our sponsors. There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business podcast network. We can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately. Now, your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing. Thanks to an exclusive private offer available for a very limited number of companies. But you must act fast. Email brasco at wmr.fm and get your message delivered now. 
Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let WebmasterRadio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. WebmasterRadio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. Supercharging your mobile growth efforts. Welcome back to Mobile Presence on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here is your host, Peggy Ann Saltz. And we're back to Mobile Presence. I'm your host, Peggy Ann Saltz, with Mobile Groove. And we have today Miles Klieger, President and Chief Customer Officer of Braze. Miles, it's been a great show diving through your data and figuring out you know, what it means to be human and how important that is in the first place. Um, I'm convinced of it, have been for a long time, but let's just say, you know, coming to the end of the year, going into the new one, you're a brand, you say, okay, I buy into this, my New Year's resolution, I'm going to be human in the new year. What does that actually mean? What, are they, what do they need to prepare to do to grasp this opportunity to show they're human? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a great question and I think uh, for me, it's it's a it's really it's a combination of of a few things. It's back to those themes we were talking about earlier around data teams and technology. I think you have to attack those three pillars uh, to build the right foundation in order to then actually be human at scale in a way that matters. So mm-hmm. from a from a data perspective, it's uh, I think it's actually pretty pretty straightforward in terms of collecting all of the type of behavioral insights that you need to be able to deliver the types of personalized messages where you're making recommendations and and suggesting you know products and things like that that people actually care about based on uh, you know what they've purchased or what where their intent lies or any other you know we have a lot of clients who are doing really interesting things from a data enrichment perspective they're overlaying their first party customer data with location insights to see where people go. Cause that's actually a great way to understand what people are interested in above and beyond what they can tell you directly through, um, through interactions on your first party channels. Because for a lot of brands, you know, you, their interactions with you and the first party channels may be few and far between. Um, so kind of having that data strategy of saying, I want to learn and understand as much as I can about my customers so that I can be more personal and be more relevant is is critical and that's going to come through a combination of of like i said tagging your first party channels working with some enrichment partners um through the the paid owned and earned ecosystem and then bringing it all together into a you know a data warehouse into 
uh, a variety of systems that let you action the data back out on the other end. So that means you want to have uh, a personalization engine for your native content, but you also want to connect all those recommendations into your marketing. So if you're running um, you know, push campaigns or emails, there's no reason why those emails and push campaigns shouldn't be every bit as personalized as when I go to brand.com or visit the app. Uh, that can and should happen and sophisticated brands are doing that every single day and they're making sure that they're delivering the right types of offers and messages. Uh, they are connecting their data, they are connecting those experiences. And then one of the things that, that we're seeing brands do as well, which, which I think feeds this whole strategy is that your, the messages that you send, uh, all these different channels we've been talking about here, provide a really interesting signal into uh, intent for your, for your customers. So what, if, if they click on an in-app message, for example, with a particular offer or message or something like that, that's just as important as uh, how they interact with your native content. And the same would hold true for an email or for a push notification or anything else. So the savvier brands are, are taking all of that interaction data from the messages out on the individual user level and they're, they're streaming it out of systems like Braze and they're feeding it into their data warehouse and they're using that to inform all sorts of other business processes around the business, whether that's back to content personalization, whether that's back to um, inventory management, whether that's back to figuring out who to advertise to, what creative to show them, all the types of things we were talking about earlier. Like that, that's how you solve the problem of not um, serving people ads for things they already bought, for example, is you, you have that information at your fingertips and then you connect your ecosystem together with that data in a way that makes it actionable. So it's, it's, it's data in, data out. It's, it's having the right types of systems. It's letting, uh, it's really having that philosophy we talked about at the top around customer centricity and putting customers first, and then it's building the right capability. And, uh, you know, I'll say one more thing and then I'll pause is that we're seeing, and this is another kind of theme that, that I'm sure you, you hear and see through all the other people that you talk to, which is that, marketers are becoming increasingly technical uh, because the reality is that the technology available to you today is so powerful that if you're, uh, you know, certainly you want things to be easy to use, but, but there's so much opportunity to bring technical skills into, uh, into marketing and take advantage of all the capabilities that are out there now. And the, the, the more successful marketers embrace that and understand that, and they're starting to hire more of that type of expertise into the organization that lets them build interesting things on top of uh, what would otherwise be fairly standard, um, you know, opportunities or platforms. And, and that's really exciting. And, and kind of just like you look at one, one example from just last week, which is, which is pretty cool. I don't know if you saw the, the Burger King uh, Whopper promotion. Did you see that one? No, I'm based in uh, Europe here, Miles, but tell me about it. Right. Well, Burger King is, is a global brand, but uh, mm -hmm. they did this Whopper detour promotion, which I think is a really cool example of what we're talking about right now in the sense that they, uh, they kind of staged a PR coup. Uh, so they're obviously number one competitor is McDonald's and they're always trying to figure out ways to, to take down McDonald's. And there's a lot more McDonald's in the world than there are Burger Kings or Wendy's or anything else. So Burger King ran this, uh, this promotion where they said, if you have the Burger King app installed on your phone and you open it when you're within 600 feet of a McDonald's. And this 600 feet, I know it's, uh, I don't know what the metric equivalent of that is, but it's, it's pretty close, uh, right, right there. 
Uh, so if you open the app within 600 feet, it triggers a notification and a message to you inside the app. Okay, that's 182.88 meters. So that's, uh, that, that's pretty close. And uh, with that notification, you had an opportunity to get a Whopper, which is the equivalent of the Big Mac for one cent US, uh, which you would only get that code and be able to redeem it if you were within 600 feet. So that was a really cool buzzworthy way to drive installs, but then also to drive growth and engagement and then literally divert people away from a McDonald's into a Burger King to go redeem their Whopper, which is also a trial and sampling mechanism. Uh, within a day after kind of launching this thing through the media and through some some viral videos and things like that, Burger King rocketed to number one in the app store uh, for free apps. And, and uh, we think they're still there if you check now. So this is uh, this was just a few days ago. And the promotion is only running for a limited time. It's like a two-week promotion. So it'll be really interesting to see if they can retain all those new users uh, which is again where uh, you know some of the types of tech that we provide come in because yeah, because exactly you know you get your install then you have to really um, engage and deepen that exactly. and uh, the, just to kind that's of that's a great example a, yeah it's a really cool example because that requires the you need to obviously have location based tracking uh, that's very precise and then you need to be mm-hmm. able to act on that location based tracking in the moment to be able to send a message that can be customized. Um, right within that environment. And there's a lot of dependencies there. There's a lot of different partners. But I think what Burger King really embraced was um, real time, um, you know, obviously context, value. Uh, and, they were, and they're obviously a buzzy brand. So that kind of thing is what you would expect from them around quirky. And so they kind of tied it all together in a very human, but also a very Burger King kind of way. And it's, it's, a, you know, it's a great example of creativity actually being inspired by technology. And uh, now, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to see if they can, because uh, really what they did was that was a giant acquisition and sampling vehicle for them, to, for people to try these Whoppers. And now, now, you know, hopefully they had a good experience with the burger and they can keep them and, and, uh, and keep them in the Burger King ecosystem. So very cool thing to check out. Absolutely. Well, speaking of cool experiences, it's been a cool experience having you on the show, Miles, I must say. And I would hope to have you back again soon. But in the meantime, our listeners, how do they stay in touch with you? I mean, over at Braze, you've got you know your blog, you've got these great sort of dedicated um, e-zines, um, you're maybe writing and speaking elsewhere. What's the best way to keep up to date? Yeah, it's uh, definitely we, we publish a ton of content all the time, like you said. Mm-hmm within the Braze um, universe of content assets. There's always new stuff you can sign up for our newsletter and we're always featuring interesting customer examples and stories, things like that. Uh, We also always have a presence at big events. So we'll be at Mobile World Congress this year. I actually will be on stage with uh, Forrester actually having a conversation about the insights of the BHI. Uh, mm-hmm. index, so that's a great place. And if anyone ever wants to reach out to me directly, you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, or just send me an email at milesofbraves.com and I'd be happy to meet with you and uh, get to know you. Perfect. And we'll have all those details in the show notes, of course. And listeners, if you want to keep up with me throughout the week or find out more about how you can be a guest or sponsor in Mobile Presence, then you can email me, Peggy, at mobilegroove.com. Mobile Groove is also where you can find my portfolio of content marketing and app marketing services. And that, my friends, is a wrap of yet another episode of Mobile Presence. You can check out this and all earlier episodes of our show by going to webmasterradio.fm, or you can find our shows on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, Spotify, and iHeartRadio simply by searching mobile presence. So until next time, remember, every minute is mobile, so make every minute count. We'll see you soon. 
The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.